Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's a show that brings you all good things football. A pot of two halves. With the three wise men of football. Tom Woods. Michael Carden Edwards. And the bitter toffee himself, Lee Collard. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Pod of Two Halves, the footballing podcast that brings you all good things football related and of course brought to you through our partners at the Sports Social Podcast Network. Today is episode 148 or is it 146? Who knows? Because you're probably thinking we've been away for a little while, been AWOL. I promise you we haven't and on that note I'm going to bring in Mr Tom Woods. and the man in charge of technical points and issues, Mr Carden Edwards himself, Mikey. Explain to the listeners, Mikey, why they haven't heard from us for a few weeks. Well, look, right, we we went on a we went look. We've been talking about this stag do for a long old time, right? We went on a stag do, and I couldn't fit a microphone in my luggage, so we did. We were going to do a recording on the stag, and obviously we did not. We did not. It was uh, good times had by all. I think is the is the phrase. Did you boys enjoy the stag? Well, if 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 one forty six been loaded, we we would have had an extensive chat about this already booked. But yeah, we, we had a great time a month ago. <laughs> yeah, a month ago, uh, right? And then you see, and then I obviously we went. I went back home. I went back to the UK. First time in a calendar year visiting the old land before time, and um, we tried to record an episode, and we, and we did. We did, in fact, record an episode. Two. And two episodes, Mikey. <laughs> two, two episodes. And the, the, the issue is, boys and girls, <clears throat> right, listening very kindly to this show, you've stuck <clears throat> with us in our month hiatus, um, <clears throat> that being at home is very busy and just didn't really get a chance to upload it. And by the time I realised that it was needed to be uploaded, kind of the weekend had been and gone. And I was like, well, now this makes no sense. And uh, did, we didn't record, and then yeah, we didn't get record one last week, did we either? Because well, it's international week, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Because I flew back well. on the Monday as well last week, and it was just like, eh, I ain't interested. And um, so yeah, look, it's been a, there's been a you know a few reasons. I'm going to apologise from the bottom of my heart. <laughs> I, I, I all I can offer is my is my apologies. I, I do beg for forgiveness from the pair of you. I know that you know this is kind of a, a big part of our lives, and the listeners that listen to this show, this is the highlight of your week. Twice a week. I ain't going to lie, Mikey. I've had people saying that you've been ducking. 
<laughs> I, I have had multiple people saying, Where, where's the pod? And they're going, is Mikey ducking talking about United? And I've, I've had to tell them, no, 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 no. He's just very busy. He's just very busy with stuff. It's like, nah, come on. Like, you know, I get dicked 5 0 and then getting hum- humbled big time at home against City. No, he's ducking, right? I'm like, no, no, no. Genuinely, he's very busy. Oh, you mean the game where they didn't make a single substitution? Because <laughs> it was easy. <laughs> no sweating either in that game. <laughs> Look, I had to put up with watching Matt Liverpool dismantle Man United 5 0 with you lot, right? Next to me. And ordinarily, that's like watching football with my, with my boys is always a good occasion, right? I watched football twice with you for the first time in a year. It was a 5-0 dicking from Liverpool and a humbling by Man City. Great. Yay. Let's talk about that then on a fucking podcast. So Can't I can't wait. I remember going into it, me and Lee were like, hey, hey, we could probably film him, get some content. <clears throat> Sorry. And I and think in about two minutes, I was like, no, this would be a bad idea. Let's not film him. <laughs> Let's not forget as well, Woods. He did actually duck out on the stag as well whilst we were watching that Liverpool game. He did. He did. I, but he, I can't history remember. History of ducking, I feel. <laughs> A history of ducking? No, shut up, man. Ducking. <laughs> to be honest, I would have forgiven you if you had just uploaded the pods from two weeks ago onto last week's. And then, uh, you know, I'd have been fine with that. And it would have filled in a little gap as well. Now we've been away for God knows how long. Lee, can you do me a favour? Yes. Can you uh, make your laptop go down a bit? Because I can't see your eyes. Well, that's, that's he, wants to, he wants to say this to you. He wants face. to see the anger. He wants to see the anger in my eyes. That's that's the thing, you know. So you can bounce off that. I wanted to look into your eyes, mate, and just say I'm sorry. I'm not ducking anyone. All right. It's been a very trying time for me the last month. My football team has gone into the the shit. You have been calling the fact that there's dynasty. Dynasty, dynasty is over dynasty, for a long yeah. time, and it is. Let's be let's be honest about it. It is it is out of it's out of the traps now and into the shit. And quite frankly, I yeah, there is a part of me that doesn't really want to talk about it. I've spoken endlessly about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, and I will say, look, I will say one thing, right? Because this is going to be our first topic, right? It's going to be about Ole. Well, right? that's going to say bad news for you, mate. We, we, we've got it on the <laughs> well, agenda. Okay, <laughs> right. The only thing I'm going to say is that. Every single thing that I've been talking about for the last two years, look what's happened. Who's been proven correct? Me. (laughs) And now I'm hearing all these fucking dickheads on YouTube, all these fucking dickheads on Twitter, all these celebrities and former football players of Manchester United. Oh, where are the patterns of play? I don't see any. Why is Donny not playing? Well, he's not. He's been. He's been treated so harshly. Why hasn't he found a position for Pogba? Why are they playing two defensive midfielders at home against Aston Villa? All the things I've been saying for a long ass fucking ass time, and the chickens are home to roost. And the only people that are, that are to blame, because I don't blame Ole Gunnar Solskjaer for this. I blame him for not fucking falling on his sword and leaving, because it's, this is selfishness beyond belief at the moment. It's it's sheer selfish negligence. Is what's happening now. Yeah. Let's be clear about that. I don't even blame, you know what? You know what's something crazy? I don't even blame fucking the Glazers and Joel Glazer and all them Muppets, right? Don't even blame them because we know they're fucking useless, right? We know they're absolute a bunch of yeah. kids, right? That's right. I'm going to have to bleep that out, which just means more editing, right? <laughs> Brilliant, Michael Cardinibbles, right? I don't even blame them because we know they're idiots. We know they're idiots. Who I blame are those rose tinted fucking fans. 
who have been sat there telling me for two years, ah, oh, but he's a legend. I was a legend. You can't, you know, we're better than Chelsea. You know, Chelsea sat their manager. We're better than that. It means more for us. We're, we treat our legends with respect is what we do. Fuck off. Yeah, go fuck yourselves. Yeah, we're idiots. Absolute idiots with your looking at all these positives. Like, do you remember when we got beaten by Arsenal? Last year. Do you remember that? Like, yeah, yeah. Last, it was like last October, November last it year. It was October, beaten by yeah. Arsenal. I had to sit there and fucking take all these nonsense people going, oh, it was, a, it was a good game plan. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. He got found out by Mikel Arteta, who at that time was a comedy figure in the league. And every time I sit there and we go, oh, if we pull out a result, Ollie goes into his fucking magic hat, pulls out some results out of his ass when, you know, when, when, when he's under pressure. Every fucking time. Do you know why? Do you know what? Last thing, because I'm I'm getting I'm getting I'm getting annoyed. I'm getting quite hot as I'm sitting here. I'm in my jumper, full of wine as well, which doesn't help. People have been telling me that some of their one of their greatest moments they've had as a Manchester United fan is that penalty that Rashford scored against PSG. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? Woods, I'm gonna have to bring you in here because his chat I'm, here about I'm Arsenal. I can, I can see, mate. You're, you're turning on your fans, mate. And I feel like there's an element of Arsenal about this. We're talking about, <laughs> you're talking about like you know collapsing dynasties, dynasties, whatever you want to call them. Arsenal's is pretty much you know has collapsed. Man United has been collapsing for a long time. You've turned on your own fans now. Very Arsenal-esque. Woods, this is where I bring you in because you love to talk about Arsenal and Arsenal fans in general as well. Any 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 thoughts or comebacks on what Mikey's just said? I kind of feel that um, Arsenal are actually trained in the right way because they're Americanized. No, they <laughs> are not. I'm coming in, Woods. Don't get, they have played fucking nobody, right? They've played a bunch of losers, a bunch of clowns, where Arteta's shitty ball is marginally effective, right? They'll play someone good and they'll get spanked well, again, right? Did, Don't did give they... me this. They've played a bunch of fucking nobodies, right? Absolute bunch of peons, nothings, right? And that's where they've got some marginally good results, right? not having it. These are the same people that go, oh, Ramsdale is the best goalkeeper in the league. What a shining. What a shining. No, he's shit, right? He's shit. Even a blind fucking squirrel finds a nut every now and again, right? Bloody hell. So what is on the Vino? <laughs> I'm, we're also making up for the three weeks I feel as well you know Fair yeah, I mean, this is this is the content that our, our listeners have been missing right let's not kid it but I, I'm, I'm genuinely sincere I, I think that Arsenal are, are trending in the right direction I think their owners deserve a level of credit that their fans are uh, en masse incapable of providing I think the Cronkays are not a bad thing for Arsenal Football Club, much like... Whoa, whoa, hang on. No, no, I'm going to explain this, okay? Because okay. I'm going to explain this. Because this is 360 from you. <laughs> I'm going to explain this because um, the thing with the Cronkies and even FSG, uh, they get a lot of criticism from their fans because they're not out there outspending Man City, outspending Paris Saint-Germain, outspending Chelsea, right? Who've got owners that uh, their wealthy benefactors are... Um, willing to spend beyond their club's means because they're going to bankroll it. Whereas Cronky um, um, is not so, right? Cronky basically uh, treats Arsenal Football Club as a sports team. What we take in, we pay out on players and coaching and salaries, etc., etc., right? That's how the league should be working, right? It should be, if football was pure, right, and we hadn't opened the door back in 2003, uh, football would be working in a way that you take in money and you use the money that you take in 
to try and improve and be competitive. That's the way that the league's work in North America. That's why the Cronkies are playing this way. That's why FSG are playing that way. You just have to be very clever now, though, with the money that you are spending if you're those clubs because you are competing against uh, juggernauts that are willing to spend beyond that, as I said, with Chelsea and City, soon to be Newcastle. Um, and Manchester United, obviously, who have larger spending power. Now, the thing is, what separates... Um, the Glazers from the other two is that the, <laughs> the Glazers aren't basically putting the money back in. The Glazers are taking the money out. That's always been a problem. Now, it's not that they haven't spent money. The problem is they've been taking the money out. Uh, that's obviously the issue. Um, and, it, you know, it's obviously not for lack of spending money that Manchester United are in the situation they are. But I, I feel that we're digressing from the key point. Basically, we I are, think Arsenal... you want to talk a bit about Oli as well. I, I did, I did. But you asked me about Arsenal. I'm telling you about Arsenal. I think that you big, have to give mistake. them credit for their, for their signings. I do think you do. All right, I, 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 I know you've got your opinions on Ramsdale, and that's fine. Pepe? Look, Pepe's a dreadful signing, and Pepe, Pepe brought change, right? Pepe was a sliding doors moment for Arsenal Football Club, because they went... By the who, way, we who all called f- Ramsdale, Ramsdale as a terrible we need, signing. No, absolutely. No one, no one... Right, I, I tell you what, if you find me someone that called Ramsdale was going to be an excellent signing in the summer, I'll... F- point you to you a liar because no one was basically sitting there going 30 million for Ramsdale looks like good value right and I know it's early but I think that the the results look positive I think his passing um, is really good I think as a character I think he adds something in that position as well and look he's not Leno that's that's the biggest positive right for that that team I think that defensively they've looked stable I think Tiramisu who's come in and basically stabilized (laughs) that right back spot uh, I think that, um, is it Travares who's filled in more than adequately at left back for, um, God help me, Tierney, uh, thank you. I think they're still working. They've, they've changed the shape. He's managed to bring um, disgruntled players back on board in Aubameyang and Lacazette and, you know, they're reaping the rewards for it. I, I, I genuinely think that they're a well-organised football team. I think they're going to be difficult to play against. They're going to be a completely different proposition for teams to go against than what Chelsea uh, played at the start of the season, uh, which is what we'll see. Uh, you know, We'll get onto it on the next pod where we'll talk about Liverpool and, and Arsenal and how that football match obviously is a uh, credentials check for Arsenal. But I, I think they, they do deserve credit. But back to Oli, look, Mikey's right. He hit the nail on the head. He has been against him for two years, apart from that one day in January. I think January 26th, Lee, reminds me, uh, where, where he just, <laughs> just slipped for a moment. It slipped for a moment. But like, it, it, I think he, he, he caught himself the next week and we were back on the Oli out bandwagon. And he's right. It's taken a lot of people to catch on to the fact that, you know what, this guy might not actually be good enough because these people are living in fucking crazy land. Like, I don't understand, like, at any point during Ollie's tenure, had it really felt like they were going to be, they were looking at um, a Pep Guardiola. Were they really looking at this guy that was kind of tactically changing the game? Or were they just looking at a guy that was flying by the seat of his pants every week? And just by sheer quality of player, they were able to generate results. And ultimately, against the better teams, he's had good moments. He had a good record against Pep. Pep was pissed about this. There's no doubt about that. He went into the game, at the, uh, uh, trying to think, it wasn't this weekend, obviously, it was the weekend before. He had a chip on his fucking shoulder. There's no doubt about it. The words that he said going in, he, he, want, he wanted to go in and prove a point against him, and they did. As he said, 90 minutes, no substitutes. 
walking. The, the goals they conceded. I, so he ch Oli changes the system to five at the back. And it's the narrowest five players you will ever see. I can't believe the space that the uh, Cancelo... Can you're going to give Cancelo that amount of space. I, it screams to me of negligence on the part of the of the manager who's handing out the tactics to these players because no one had a fucking idea what they were doing when Cancelo had the ball. No one knew who was meant to press. I can't imagine that Oli was like, whenever Cancelo has the ball, don't press him because that is like suicide. Let him whip it in. It's just, it's incredible. Like, Mate, just coming on that, I mentioned we changed formation. Oh, we tried out this new formation against Spurs, for Christ's sake. We could have played 1-1-8. It would have worked against Spurs, for Christ's sake. But he seems to think that just the, the, the position of the players when they line up for the kickoff means everything or some, or some reason. Like the, the formation. People get so caught up on these formations. But then you look at the average... You look at the average positions of all the United players, and it literally was a <laughs> line. It was it was helms deep. It was like, you know, we will hold them back. And it was like, eh, what's that? What were they doing? What are yeah. they doing? What someone's told them to do that. Look, against Man City, it was very clear when De Bruyne's comments after the game. Typically before a, a game, they'll spend a lot of time. Uh, essentially going through what the opposition what the opposition is going to do and plan accordingly they spent 10 minutes training against united because pep said i don't have a clue what they're going to do so they just cut training short after 10 minutes because it was like there's no fucking point they didn't yeah. even train properly and they absolutely embarrassed i us. read that quote and i genuinely genuinely thought that it was one of those memes that someone made up I thought, uh, it, there's no way he said that. There's no, and then I saw that it was actually accredited to him. I, I cannot believe a professional footballer came out and basically said that because that is damning. Other managers are like, well, there's no point in us trying to change him tactically because he hasn't got a clue what he's doing tactically. Like he, he's 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 yeah. a dog chasing cars, Ollie. He's clueless, mate. He has got no idea what he's doing. Um, Nice guy, though. I saw him gave a birthday message to someone the other day. That was nice, wasn't it, eh? Huh? Good yeah, look, guy. there's Good no old doubt. Ollie. Good old Ollie. Look, there's obviously, well, he's, he's, he is probably a nice man. I do think that holding Manchester United hostage is not particularly nice of him. I feel that he's doing the right thing is right now holding his hand up. And the thing is, right, you, you talk a lot about Manchester United being dragged, right, by Van Gaal and then especially Mourinho. Though they were dragged into, like, this turgid, time of negative football bad players being signed yada yada and to Ollie's credit he's come in and he's braved fresh air into it they've changed their their target right they've they've, they've got younger they've, they've tried to kind of go back to the Manchester United way which I know will upset a lot of people but they have tried to get younger and more expansive players in um, so Ollie had a lot of credit in the bank for that the problem is he's He's now running out of that credit quickly into the point where he's now falling into debt again, that he's almost undoing all of this positive work that he's been able to, to do to build. And I feel that he's at risk of ending his tenure uh, almost in the negative spot that Jose ended in. When had he, and I know it's difficult for, for people in, in these positions. I, I can't speak for Ollie. I don't know if Ollie looks at the situation and, and genuinely believes himself that he's not capable or if he genuinely wakes up in the morning and when he's brushing his teeth, he's like, I am the man for this job to turn it around. I don't know. But I'd have to think that there's a level of self-awareness to him that he understands that he ain't going to beat Pep, Klopp, Tuchel, 
Conte over a 38 game season. It's just not going to happen because tactically he's just not that dude. And falling on his sword would be the honourable thing to do at this point because then he can kind of come away with his head held high and go, look, I've, I've left the club in a better spot than what they were. And that to me is success for me. Look, did I, I win trophies? I didn't. I, I came up short in the Europa League and that's a shame. That was a shootout. Those things, you know, it was a, a shootout of high quality and sadly De Gea isn't a particularly good penalty stopping goalkeeper and the other guy on the bench is. But that's that's a different thing altogether, right? That I just All I'm going to say is, say is Brian McClare scored one more goal than Ole Gunnar Solskjaer in his time at Man United. And Ole Gunnar Solskjaer made five more appearances than Mikel Silvestre. That's the type of company the guy keeps. He scored a goal in the European Cup final. That is the reason why he is the, on this pedestal. Kai Havertz will not be on that same pedestal when he eventually hangs up his boots. We were talking about sliding doors moments with... with um, Make Chucky the manager! It's <laughs> that, that El Sakako, which is what it got coined as, um, where Tottenham lose comprehensively to Manchester United um, in the end. That shouldn't have been the moment for United to get rid of Oli. The, the, the right to, 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 to make a decision on a single game is foolish. It's, I know, you I look at it was, everything. I heard it was going to be over three games. Well, that was the key. He had three more games to save his job, and he played those three games, and we were fucking dreadful. And now we here we are. Because uh, now ultimately, we've got at the weekend, and who knows what's going to happen there? Oh, slightly they'll beat them, but then they play Villarreal away, and then Chelsea. But you did you know, say. Like, I was going to say, with, um, Mike, sorry. On the last pod, which obviously hasn't gone up, you did Sorry. mention. Yeah, no apologies, Ryan. Fair enough. You did. <laughs> you did say about you just don't ever see Ollie leaving, as in like he's not going to go on his own sword. He's he's not going to make that decision on his own. Man United aren't going to make that decision for him. So basically, you are going to be lumbered with him. They were stuck with him. And do you know the worst thing? Do you know the worst thing about all of this? Right, the, the very worst thing about all of this. the reason why, even though we're at a point where we've got ex players coming out, Ollie's mates other than Gary Neville, coming out and saying his time is done. When you've got the biggest kind of Man United fan sites and stuff, that fucking Goldbridge fella coming out, he's now saying his time is done, get him out. You've got every single person connected with football saying his time is done, get him out. This should be a cause of excitement for me. Who will we get? What's going to happen? No, no. Do you know all I've got to look forward to on the horizon? Is Brendan fucking Rogers? <laughs> right, I no, 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 no. If that happens, I will be on this show. I will be the host, and you are banned from asking me Man United questions. I ain't interested. I am not interested in that fucking yeah. bag. I have to edit that as well. Being <laughs> Manchester United manager and having to watch his stupid smarmy orange face with his stupid teeth every fucking week. Not interested. The guy is a dickhead. He's a shitbag. And I want nothing to do with him. Absolutely nothing to do with him. Well, it hasn't happened yet. Oh, he did well in Scotland, did he? I could have done well in Scotland. Steven Gerrard did well in Scotland, for Christ's sake. A man who's never managed anywhere in his life. Now got the Villa job. We'll talk about that in a second. I assume Lee, Mr. Collard. Um, but no, Brett, and we're using the... Uh, Zidane ain't coming. Zidane ain't coming to us. It's not happening. He's getting the French job next year. It's going to be Rogers. He's the guy we're sounding out. 
He's the guy we want, apparently. This is a guy that can't organise a defence to save his life. Isn't that what we... Didn't, didn't we need, like, a better defence? Isn't that not the key? No, no. We're going to have Brendan fucking Rogers. Not a chance. Not a chance. I'm more furious about the prospect of that than I am with sticking with Ole Gunnar fucking Solskjaer. Okay, well, let's talk about the guy then that you could have replaced him with, but you didn't. As you said, Woods, in the old sack-off game, ends up being Nuno going and Conte coming in. Let's switch things up and talk about Conte. He did come in just before the international break. He had his first game against Everton, drab nil-nil. You've put him on the agenda, and I'm assuming because of the lost archive. Yeah, I know, we did talk about this. <laughs> we did talk about him. <laughs> talk, so, about talk about him again. I Look, I'm a big Antonio Conte fan. At least I was in season one of Chelsea. Um, he did come in and took a title-winning team from only a year prior, added Conte to it, and uh, went and won the Premier League. Um, I, I do feel it's overstated, his time at Chelsea, right? It's very easy to kind of look at it and go, oh, he took 10th place Chelsea to, to win in the league. Like I said, they were champions literally 12 months before that. Like, this isn't a bum squad. It had Fabregas, Hazard, Costa, Courtois. It was loaded with players and they added the great Angolo Kante to the midfield, right? This, this, this wasn't some manager overcoming the odds. This wasn't Leicester from the season prior that uh, 5,000 to 1 underdogs. This was a, an elite squad that completely underperformed. And then the following season, it all went to shit because Antonio Conte is a nutbag. Um, he basically got upset because he wasn't being given the players he wanted and set fire to everything. I find it a fascinating appointment at Tottenham because um, if if he can't get them to win something, then it generally starts to feel like nobody will. Um, he's the sort of manager that I feel f- is... Um, the difference between him coming in and Jose is that Jose was washed, right? Jose was washed by the time he left Stanford Bridge, let alone Old Trafford. Um, Conte is still... Antonio Conte is coming off the back of a Scudetto with Inter Milan. Fell out there, shock, uh, because they weren't giving him the money to kind of sign his players and he was going to sell all his players. Uh, he's now gone to go work with um, Daniel Levy, who's got a history of not really financially backing his coaches. Maybe uh, a leopard can change his spot in that uh, situation. So we'll, we'll see in time. It seems that he is probably been promised at least $100 million to spend in January. Uh, we'll have to see if that comes to fruition and we'll, we'll have to see who they're targeting to, to improve this team. But um, this Tottenham team have meandered through the season. They've half asked it through the season. They're not playing with any level of urgency or care. Um, and I think it's going to be a damning indictment on... Um, on some of these players, especially I'm, I'm looking at Harry Kane in particular, who basically spent his summer in Miami, I think. I think he was in Florida. Um, came back late, trying to force a move, didn't happen. Came back, wanted nothing to do with Nuno Ball. And I can appreciate that a little bit. Uh, but watch him now turn up and play for Antonio Conte and start to look like Harry Kane again. And, and he should be critiqued fairly for the fact that he played a significant role in what ultimately ended up with Nuno. Um, he won't be because that's not what we do here. Um, we don't criticise English players for basically uh, going AWOL during the start of a season because you're upset that you didn't get your move. But I think they're in a good spot, Tottenham. I think they made the move early enough. 
to be legitimate top four candidates. They're obviously in a couple of cup com- competitions. They're in the um, nonsense European competition thing, which I don't know if, if that's something that they genuinely care about or not. They seem to have um, partaken in that competition. To say half-heartedly would be an overstatement. They genuinely do not give a fuck about that. But doesn't um, Conte change that? With his mentality. Well, Conte played his first team in that his first game in that competition. Now, I think he played his first team in that game because he wanted to get his first team out playing. We'll see going forward. Maybe Conte sees it as a legitimate opportunity to go, bang, put it on the table. There's some silverware, right? Um, who knows? Time will tell. But I, I think that the, it was a changed to a manager that should have ultimately been appointed in the summer. I think a lot of Tottenham fans will be frustrated that they've uh, effectively delayed their start to the season by, uh, was it nine or ten games, by uh, bringing in 11th choice Nuno and Spirito Santo and instead of having Antonio Conte uh, in, in charge from the start. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. There's, um, I think the system that he'll play will hide a lot of players' deficiencies. I look at Emerson Royale. Um, and uh, Sergio Raggion, who both struggled to get up to speed with <laughs> things in the Premier These League. These pronunciations are amazing. They're brilliant, mate. <laughs> Could you please, was that Nuno one, say that again? Uh, it's Birito Santo, right? That's the... uh, what was that, Regulon? Who was that? Regulon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but these guys, I think, have found the, the going really tough, right? I think a lot of players find it going, uh, the t- tough going in the Premier League coming from the league of these days, right? Where the French League, um, that's a physical league, the players uh, come over, they're sort of ready up to speed pretty quickly. I think even the Bundesliga, they're, uh, they're more likely to come up. But I think that both Emerson Roy- Emerson Royale has had a shock to the system since turning up, right? There's no two ways about it. But all of a sudden you start playing him at wing back and you stop giving him con- uh, concerns about going backwards, uh, they'll free him up to probably look a damn sight better than he has done. In terms of their defensive players, I think that they're uh, a team that are lacking in that area. Um, well, and a back... Sorry, sorry to interrupt. Words. Um, didn't we though a few weeks ago like critique that Spurs squad? We went through it with a bit of a fine tooth comb, and you know, we basically we were clutching at straws, finding anything yeah, that was quality across good. the across the pitch, especially mm. midfield. Yeah, uh, midfield. Look, I'll get to midfield in a minute. I think their back three will hide the deficiencies of a lot of players. Like if he's going to play Dyer there, who cares? Like Dyer shouldn't be in this team, but um, he may well be. Um, I think is it R- Romero? Right, he's the guy. That, no, sorry, it's That's, Romero. <laughs> Romero. Uh, he's, he's come in. By all accounts, a talented ball player. I think he'll suit a back three as well. I think it's something... Um, I think I've read that Atalanta played systems at times which kind of allowed him to bring the ball out. And maybe see Davison Sanchez getting a, a crack back in there again. Uh, uh, maybe that's a player that can uh, have his obvious physical talents harnessed and honed under the stewardship of Antonio Conte. Up front, we know they've got Son and Kane. That's that's exceptional. They still have the question mark of the third guy to play up there, right? We, we, they, they've, they've been trying to find that. They spent a whole load of money on Bergwijn, who is simply not up to it. Uh, Lucas Moura, I always feel, is a bench player at best, especially at a top-level team. But then the big problems in the middle of the pitch. You said it. Um, I think they're completely lacking quality in that position. I think he played Skip and uh, Hoybier in that position. Now I think Hoybier can do a job in there. I think that he's um, got some quality, but the partner in there is going to be critical, right? I think I, I look at Hoybier and I kind of feel he's more uh, Matic 
who's doing the Angola County work in there. That's that's kind of what I'm looking at. By all accounts, um, I think we mentioned. Did we mention football manager a couple of weeks ago? Oh, I don't know if we did or not. Um, Probably did. Maybe Oliver the Skip, listeners won't know. Yeah, Oliver Skip is legit one of the best, highly rated midfielders on the entire game. Okay, they 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 seem to think that he was going to be an absolute superstar. So he, um, he was good at Norwich in the Championship. So uh, quite a few Norwich players, and they've been dreadful. High the ceiling, supposedly. I'm not and seeing it. Come, I haven't seen it. Maybe that's because Nuno Ball is so stifling of midfield players. Maybe Conte will try and uh, draw more from what he wants from his midfielders. Maybe Hoybier does a more covering role and allows Skip to kind of be a bit more expressive with his play. Um, time will tell, right? It's still very early. We haven't seen really anything of uh, other than, um, I think it was the 3-2 game against Vitesse, which... Um, they started well, fell off. I think that shows probably a lack of conditioning in the team. I think going to Everton and drawing 0-0, bearing in mind what we've got in Everton at the moment, is a poor result, to be honest. Uh, no, no, that's not me Bear being offensive. Bear the fire <laughs> going on at Goodison Park at the moment. The absolute you know, carnage and pestilence appearing every fucking weekend of that place. Like they Everton didn't even get shot on target, did they? Which is shocking. Right, you're not talk- you're not talking about a team that um, look Benitez makes teams uh, that face them tough. It's tough going against Benitez football teams, but I think teams like Watford literally went up two three weeks ago and put a five on them. Right, let's let's not talk about this. Like well, that, that's the, the joy of losing those episodes. Ravens, right, <laughs> is that we do- we don't have to talk about that Everton's <laughs> robbing from Watford. <laughs> Uh, that was that was a highlight of the weekend. I ain't gonna lie, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but like uh, I I I think I'm 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 intrigued. Like I said, I I I believe they will finish top four. I think there's a fourth place to be had. I, I look. I think the move was made early enough. That's the crucial thing. I think they, they where I'll give Levy credit is that they recognised that Nuno weren't the guy, and they made the move. And they've coughed up whatever Antonio wanted to get him in. And they've given themselves the best opportunity to get in Champions League football, which may well, I mean, I say that, may well keep Kane. Kane's contract's keeping Kane, right? Let's not kid it, right? He's, <laughs> he's stuck forever. Forever. <laughs> he's is. going nowhere. <laughs> okay, well, we've spoke about Conte. Let's have a, let's have a chat about Gerard. Um, Mikey, you briefly mentioned him when you were giving your rant about Brendan Rodgers. Gerard has come from Scotland. He's come down to Villa. What are your thoughts on the on this on this situation? Bear in mind as well with old Dean Smith going to Norwich. Ah, coming to me, are you? Coming to you, mate. Well, you seem with my, with my... you seem to have a strong opinion on Scottish football and what the credentials. It's shit. It's absolute shit. Look, I I don't really know what to think of it. Um, to be clear, at the end of the day, Aston Villa tried to replace one player with a high output with several players to try and cover the. The effectiveness of that one player is seldom works. You can ask Spurs when they got rid of Bale. It, it, it doesn't work very, very often. I feel that I feel that Dean Smith at Villa was maybe, and maybe I'm maybe I'm being a little bit naive here potentially. I think he's maybe a little bit hard done by in terms of um, being being sacked off after eleven games. Um, the results haven't been great. I think where are they at the moment? I think they're sixteenth in the league, ten points level with Watford. I think the, one I think, win. I think the bigger issue was over the course of last, the back end of last season as well. The second half, I think they yeah, had two wins I mean, and eleven or something. Not great. Um, 
It's very strange with Smith because in some quarters you hear him being talked about very highly, and in some quarters, my eyes, they kind of say, eh, not. I don't really see what the the fuss is about. But I had a lot of. Um, I've got um, out here in in Spain. I do have a friend out here who is a Villa supporter. I'm perfectly happy with Dean Smith. Um, I asked him what his thoughts are on Gerard, and he was like, he likes the squad for what it's worth. He thinks the squad is good, and I think he thinks the squad is underperforming. And he's hoping, you know, he's quite excited about the appointment. And if I'm if I'm a Villa fan right now, I'm probably excited as well because Gerard's come coming in with a lot of as Woodsy coined the phrase earlier. I say coined the phrase; it's a well-known phrase. Woodsy just <laughs> used the phrase. Gerard's coming in with a fair amount of credit in the old bank. He's done a decent job in in Scotland, bringing Rangers from wherever the fuck they were. To doing whatever the fuck they did because I don't know anything. They, about they won football. the league, mate. We were unbeaten. There you go. Um, yeah, I, I knew that. To be fair, I didn't know. That. Our listeners uh, might not. <laughs> there you go. No, I, I, I remember this. Um, he's coming in. Look, fucking. This is another example of why I don't want Brendan Rodgers in with the fucking club. Anyway, um, no, sorry. Um, <clears throat> what was he oh, up against? Neil just, fucking. Just, just, I assume he was up against Neil Lennon. Was he? It was Neil Lennon. Can I, exactly. can I just ask a question? Who would you have then, Stephen Gerrard? <laughs> Or would you go with um, what's his face, Brendan Rodgers? I would, I would quit watching football and I would go to Old Trafford and burn it down. <laughs> if it was Gerard, could you imagine if they pointed Gerard? Oh, mate, Gerard, be brilliant. <laughs> Sorry, we're laughing at your expense here. Trying to, uh, whatever. You got Benitez as man. It's true. It's true. If I'm a Villa fan, I'm, I'm fairly optimistic. Um, I, don't, I, 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 I couldn't see from what I've seen so far this season of Villa. I think it's a struggle to sit there unless you are ultra optimistic to go, no, no, we can kick on. And I ain't really seeing it too much, you know? So get, as you mentioned a minute ago, Woods, with Spurs, they made the move early. After 11 games is a pretty, you know, is a pretty decisive managerial move. You mentioned, Lee, that maybe it's because of the form of the back end of last season as well. If you look at the available people out there, who else are you going to get? Feynman fucking Sam. Don't think so. I think Stephen Jarrod is a very interesting appointment, and I don't think he would have too much issue. Say Aston Villa go down, I don't think Stephen Gerrard or the club would have too much issue keeping him there as the manager to do his job in the championship for a bit. I know, obviously, the owners don't want Villa in the championship. I get that completely. They shouldn't um, be going down with that squad. They shouldn't be going down with that squad at all. They've had a lot um, of injuries, though, haven't they? Right, a lot of these key players that are coming, I think, have had had time on the on the sidelines. Ings and Watkins up front, I think. My yeah, my, my 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 prediction for this is that I, I think Aston Villa won't be finishing near the bottom of the table by the end of the season. I think Gerard will get them. He'll get them. I would say around twelve, thirteenth. So Woods, what would be deemed as a success then for Gerard? Coming in after well, 11 this, games. This is why it's such a good job for him, to be honest, because it is a job that doesn't carry a lot of uh, pressure in terms of success. It's not a job to come into where Villa's owners are banging the table saying, must silverware now. Um, I think that a mid-table finish will be viewed that way. There'll be lots of funds, as Dean Smith has been able to enjoy as manager, um, and there'll be more funds to come in, in the summer. So I think that the, it's, it's, it's that classic thing, isn't it? The, the, the aspirations of the club matches exactly the same as Leeds, as Leicester, as Everton, as Wolves, as Brighton. 
you know, it's, it's to break into that top seven, right? It's, it's all top eight to try and get European football and then try and progress from finishing that top eight into the top six. Top four feels like a long way away. I think you, you took, I, I think to break into top four now is almost an impossible mm. task for those clubs. I really do feel that way. Uh, so I think that, you know, from a first season, I think comfortable survival uh, will be will be uh, seen as a success with a view to, to the long term project. I think Gerard's an interesting appointment. Um, there's a risk attached to it, right? I think Mikey's fair in saying that Scotland has forever and a day since Alex Ferguson walked out the doors at Aberdeen, being a two team championship. But I think it's also fair to say Celtic were owning that championship until. Stephen Gerrard turned up, but I also think it's fair to say that Celtic still dominated until Brendan Rodgers walked out the door and Neil Lennon took over. So it's, it's difficult to really know. I think look, going undefeated in a league season is still impressive regardless of what way you look at it. Um, and they did break the cycle. And I, I know that a lot of Rangers fans are poo-pooing Stephen Gerrard's success as a manager now. I think it makes them feel better about things. That he, I think he only won one of a potential nine trophies in Scotland, which isn't great, right? Let's not... Dress it up any which way. It's not great to kind of in those cup competitions where your main rival is just Celtic to not be winning those champs, those those, uh, those trophies either. So uh, there, there are big questions and reservations about him. I think you could argue that Frank Lampard's resume is more impressive, which is saying a lot, right? Because he did get Chelsea into top four. Uh, which he also I think didn't he get could- Derby County promoted either, though. He got into the playoffs and on the cusp of merely being by this Villa team who had Tammy Abraham up front um, look where Derby are now no. I'm just saying I think I think it's very easy for people to kind of shit on I'm not the look, utter by the turmoil way, that is Derby County <laughs> by the way where, look, where, where Wayne Rooney the manager is coming out of it like where people are going oh yeah <laughs> this is it like when Wayne Rooney's a, a figure of sympathy mate that's that's when you know like the clubs in the in the, in the shitter right but like I guess what well, my point's not that Frank Lampard's an exceptional manager Lee that's not what I'm saying I'm far just, from well, it I'm just okay. checking there's not a Chelsea okay. angle right, this is not what I'm saying all I'm saying is that I think there's fair questions to have against it but I do think it's a great job for Gerard to come into I think it's a good appointment by Villa on the basis that players that are coming through now will want to play for Steven Gerrard because they grew up watching Steven Gerrard. And I think when you're a club like Villa and you're competing against all these, um, I think there's probably 10 teams that you're going to be competing against for signings. I do think that will play into it. That players will go, oh, yeah, no, he, he was my hero growing up. I look up to him. I'll go play for him. And I think that that will help them improve their squad in time. And then ultimately, his contract runs out when Jurgen Klopp's runs out. And I don't think that there's any accident in that at all. Okay, and I think that that's this is this is now basically time for Stephen Gerrard to show that he's capable of taking that job in time. Right, that's that's ultimately what this situation for him, and I think it's a good one for him because their finances are mighty compared to a lot of the teams that they'll be competing against. Mm. I'm interested and uh, quite intrigued. For that very but, reason, uh, just on Dean mentioned. Smith, by the way, I, f- I think he's a, I think he's a, a sham of a manager, mate. <laughs> I, honestly, like by all accounts, good guy, and that's great, right? Auntie Bruce was a good guy as well. You know, these good guys, they're good guys. He should have been relegated with that Villa team having spent 140 million, right? It was goal line technology that someone forgot to basically switch it on. That saved I, I, him. I think it helps him being a Villa boy. It helps. Oh yeah. 
yeah, in yeah. terms of the fans. Can we not disparage Auntie Bruce, please? The guy is a legend of the English game. I said right? he's a nice guy. Right? Know, he's not just a nice guy. The guy is a good manager, right? A solid manager. It's fine. Just, just did, did the Dean. same same level as, as uh, what Benitez did, right? So. Shush. Um, just on, <laughs> just carrying on with Dean Smith. Why has he gone to Norris? I, w- I would take Steve Bruce, by the way, over Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and Brendan Rodgers. Wow. I feel that I want to see this. I would love Mark it, Hughes as assistant. I yeah. love Steve. Mark Hughes, no, the- Mark Hughes can do one, mate. I love Steve. I love me some Steve. Bruce. What about if Mark Hughes is, in, is kind of there just to make sure hands are being shaken? I don't want Mark. Co- Covid Hughes, would have been a nightmare for Mark, Mark Hughes, Hughes to, to manage in, right? Like the handshaking situation, he'd be livid the whole time. Uh, on Norwich appointing Dean Smith, it's the most unimaginative appointment by all accounts. They wanted Lampard, and Lampard said no. You don't appreciate aspect though that he's taken Villa up from the Championship. Norwich are getting yeah. relegated. Did Dean Smith take two cracks at it and had to come through the playoffs? Uh, I think it might be the case, but hey, I, 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 look, I'm he went through the playoffs and succeeded, mate. You were just putting um, Lampard on a yeah, pedestal no, 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 just no, a minute you're right, ago. You're right. You're right. Um, D- Daniel Fark went up twice as champion. I think. Fuck me. Mm. Um, yeah. Look, we'll see. Um, I, I do look at the league table, and despite how bad they've been, they're not completely, completely adrift, which is insane to me. How they're not completely, completely adrift. Picking up that win just before the international break has helped them massively. Yeah. But anyway, um, have we got any winners and chumps? We didn't have it on the agenda, and I thought maybe we could put a little cheeky segue from Jackson into our chumps. If you saw what Jackson put now, Jackson obviously has appeared on this. Very pod a few times. Last time was a little bit more fleetingly, shall we say, due to his own technical issues. Um, AKA's bosses wouldn't let him record on, on, on the work laptop. However, Jackson has mentioned about mascots and poppies and Remembrance Sunday. And I thought, well, this could be a nice little segue for some chumps, maybe, as it has just occurred over the weekend. Mikey, I know this, um, this rolls your button, so to speak, you know. Would you like to come in maybe with a little chump angle on some mascots and poppies? What do you want me to say? It's not necessarily the, the mascots themselves. I mean, it's hilarious watching the mascots like that fucking shrimp with that bloody bright-eyed, bushy-tailed face. Like, smiling hey. away. Smiling away whilst he's bowing his head. The fucking poppy that rocked out. Did you, like, you saw the, the image of obviously the poppy mascot, right? This fucking old dude is walking a, a giant poppy, a person dressed as a poppy. Have you seen the video of that? I haven't seen the video. It's fucking, it's fucking hilarious. It's just this giant poppy being led out by the hand along. into the centre. Just like, what is going on, mate? These fucking grief merchants, honestly. It went from, like, I, I, it, look, it's gone from a time, remember it Sunday was a time where the whole gimmick was, I don't know what the exact word, but it's like, yeah, never again. It's somber and reflection again. and like you say, learning from, from war and never doing no, but it no, again, not, right? It's not less we forget. I get that's the same. All right. But it's like the whole point of it was like, Remember how again. terrible it is, right? We're not like, doing this, this again. This is fucking shit. This should never happen again. And it's being now moved into a kind of some glorified fucking pantomime where people are glorifying this war as a as an excuse to pick a battle with the fucking French. Do you know what I mean? It's shit it's like that. It's also commercialised like, as well, so then they can actually make money from it. shit. You can buy a fucking a poppy roni pizza now, and it's like, what? what is that? What? I love it. <laughs> the pepperoni pizza. I mean, it sounds it's horrific because it's, it sounds awful, but pepperoni pizza. It's just pizza. a load of shit. It's also it's a like, game of one-up and shit almost as well. It's this it. It's let's who can be more fucking 
like who can be more of a fucking patriot by doing and it's people that have no connection to it has ne- who have never experienced it have never known known war at all in any of their fucking experiences who are now almost glorifying it and yearning for it and it's like it's just fucking sick it makes me feel sick that it's turned into this and i saw fucking pretty patel and all those fucking bellends with their giant poppy fucking things it's like what is going on what has happened what has happened for us to get to this point where it is a case of if you're not wearing a poppy, you're like, I'm a better person. If, but no, but I, I've got five poppies. I'm wearing a giant poppy that's the size of my fucking head and you've only got one on your coat. That must mean you're a, you're a dickhead. It's like, what is going on, mate? It's absolutely fucking obscene. And I am just, it's just a nonsense, isn't it? It's an absolute nonsense. It really is. That's, that's literally what I wanted you to do, Mikey. Just have a little round there for our chumps. No worries. Would you got any more chumps? Uh, San Marino. What's the point? <laughs> like, genuinely, what's the point, right? Like, we were talking about ten, this. right? It's ten. It's, nil, it's right? ten. It's right? ten. It's I, I, I just don't quite understand how. What's the point? What's the point? Like, some I've heard the argument. Oh, well, you got to let them play these better teams because it will help them improve. No, no, it's been thirty fucking years and they're still getting walloped on the regular. This isn't helping them at all, right? This isn't helping anyone. At, at some point, you have to basically go pre-qualifying to be in the qualifiers for this tournament, especially if you're talking about, um, you know, players are talking about fatigue, right? They're talking about how physically exhausted they are for this season. You know, Courtois rightly called out the authorities for being like, you're talking about a World Cup every two years. Like, you're killing us. You are genuinely going to end up, like, kind of cutting years off our careers with the amount of football you make us. Get rid of this. Just get rid of this game. Get there, there, There's enough nations that you can go, no, 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 pre-qualifiers. I, I just can't fathom it. Like, I, honestly... It's not helping San Marino getting spanked 10-0 tonight, is it? It's not like the players going to the dressing room and went, I've learnt from this, I'll be better next time. <laughs> it's, not in- it's not inspiring kids in San Marino, is it? You know, it's not like the kids of, of, that have sat there that are five, six, seven years old have sat there tonight and gone, fuck me, I want to be a footballer. They would have gone, holy shit, I don't want nothing to do with that to, sort of embarrassment. To, to counter that, I think I would, mate. If I was San Marino, I was going, right, I could, I could actually become an international footballer and play against England. <laughs> and get humbled. Like, humble bad. But I get a shirt at the end of the day. Yes, <laughs> I might get a shirt. I might get Which I can take shirt. on my rounds when I do my post office work. <laughs> uh, yeah, look, it's, um, it's just stupid, isn't it? So stupid. Um, speaking of stupid, right, because I, I saved this. I had to do a read-up as to what the hell the playoffs are these days. So, remember when um, teams finished second in qualifying, they'd, uh, you'd play another team that finished second, you'd go head-to-head and you'd be like, winner goes through, two-leg two, uh, two tie, right? Mm-hmm. That's what it used to be. No, no, that is not the case anymore. Um, there is going to be three sort of groups of four. And inside those groups of four... Um, There'll be a semi-final in each of those three groups, right? Uh, a one-legged semi-final. And the winner of the, those respective semi-finals will then go play in a final and three teams will progress from the 12. So basically, um, Portugal failed to qualify through... Yeah, th- this is... the. Yeah. Yes, Mikey, I know. Uh, it, is this to do with the uh, League of Nations no, or mate, the Nations League, whatever we're calling no, mate, it? Rewind. Yes, so they, they, four, four no, of the teams coming from the Nations League... 
there's eight teams that are second place or something like this. Um, so basically, you've got 12 teams, 12 teams, right? 12 teams that are able to qualify and they're sort of split into groups of four, as I said. And inside the groups of four, you have a one-legged semi-final. So it gets you down to the remaining six teams. And in, obviously, their respective groups, they play a final to qualify for the tournament next March, I think. March, yeah. So that's what's going on. Um, what, what, uh, what was wrong with the old way? The old way was good, right? Well, they have to accommodate, I don't know, for these... Friendly Nations League winners, so then they've actually got something to play for. The ones that don't actually go into the final stage yeah. of the tournament, you know, but if they win their group, yeah. they get a an automatic place or whatever it is. I- what was the point of the super friendly fucking best friend League of Nations anyway? Uh, it was to give. I know you boys were fucking creaming your pants out. We might win a trophy. We didn't, <laughs> right? And now we don't care about it. And now it's over forever. But it's not over because it's going to be carrying on every fucking well, I don't, year. I mean, I don't know. That nonsense might, games that might go the Jesus way of Dodo, Christ. the Dodo, if if they get the World Cup every two years because you're not going to have time for this friendly nation. I think, I think everyone's come out though, every they? Sorry, the, the players have all come out and said that they don't want this. You've mentioned it earlier. They, they, be yeah, no, they, they have. And the, the clubs have come out and gone, we don't want this. And then what will happen is FIFA will go, yeah, but it's going to make us money and lots and lots of money. So we're doing it. And if you don't want to play in the World Cup, that's fine. You're not ever playing in a World Cup. And players will go, I really want to play in the World Cup, though. Very Anyway, The weirdest <laughs> thing for me is that Arsene Wenger is basically driving this. Is anyone yeah, else like yeah. weirded out that it's Arsene Wenger that's basically... He's not the guy. I, I thought it'd be like a Michelle Platini. Yes, definitely that dirtbag. But Arsene Wenger... He was meant to well, be the coming, best of us. He wants to line his pockets now as well. Obviously, Arsenal weren't paying him the big bucks, were they? Um, hit me up some winners very quickly. If you've got uh, any. I'll, get, I mean, I'll, I'll kick things off and maybe you can all just tag along. I've gone with Harry Kane because he's inching closer to taking Wayne Rooney away from being our top goal scorer. And for me, that is God. priceless. Oh, Italy in the playoffs as well. Oh, my God. Italy versus Portugal for a, for a place to well, play. Surely they're going to separate them in the different groups. Yeah, sadly it's going to be seeded. I because I don't. F- yeah, they're going to be separated. This is fucking nonsense. Can we well, just end this well, now, please? please. Um, the only thing I would say about um, the, the the Kane thing. Let's get Rooney out of the England top scorers, right? The issue that we have is that the longer Ole Gunnar Solskjaer stays at Man United, the less chance we have of Ronaldo staying at Man United. So he can't beat <laughs> um, Rooney's record at club level as well. Trying to erase issue. him. Erase, erase him, him from the from books, history. man. Yeah. I have no winners. I have no winners. The winner is Ole Gunnar Solskjaer for keeping his fucking job miraculously. Because you know what they did, right? You know what they did? All right. It's International Week, boys. You've been working really hard. You, you coaches. Wow. Your, your effort has been incredible. I think, you know, you know, you said a while ago that um, the player, that the coaches, have, you know, they don't get home to sleep. They don't get to sleep anymore because they're working so hard. They're working so fucking hard at Man United, doing their fucking due diligence every week, coming up with their little fucking routines. Had the week off, mate. So they took the week off. Week off during a, during 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 the international <coughs> break, where they've maybe got some time to reflect as a group. On the shocking tactics, team selections, and everything at Manchester United. No, 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 no. Have a week off, boys. You've deserved it after all your hard work. Yeah, <laughs> have a week off. Maybe Ollie needed to get back to the you know the Norway wilderness and just find himself. Go and on chopping wood. 
<laughs> exactly, mate. Maybe Top he needed to forest. go back to the Norwegian wilderness and get fucking lost, yeah? Mm. Uh, I've got a winner, sorry. Go on, very uh, quickly, go on. Yeah, quickly. Uh, Harry Maguire for silences, silencing his <laughs> critics. <laughs> Roy Keane is the real winner. <laughs> I can't believe how tone deaf he must be, Harry Maguire for... T- I hate this show so much. I hate this show <laughs> so much. Imagine basically being part of this Old Trafford humbling and he's like busy out there. Yeah, look at this. Albania Silence boys. and the critics. Can't hear you now. Can't hear you. It's a very good, <laughs> very good winner. On that note, I feel we'd like we should look to uh, end things and we'll say our goodbyes. Um, however, before we do, give us a like, you know, whatever platform you're listening to us on maybe give us a review you know if you enjoyed what you've heard today you enjoyed the content or if we've missed something out give us a comment and tell us what we've missed out on and um, yeah and if you actually subscribe to us you'll actually hear when our pods drop if Mikey actually uploads them so hey, <laughs> final dig there Mikey final dig and on that note say your goodbyes Mikey no comeback I just want a goodbye bye <laughs> Riva Dirty. <laughs>